0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate. Today we have Joe Dickerson. Joe is a real estate agent in the Bay Area has helped over 90 families since 2015 buy houses, uh, sell and invest all in the Bay Area. Joe is a real estate professional who is very passionate about every detail of the transactions from start to finish. Joe, can you please introduce yourself and tell us how you got started into real estate?
1: Hey there. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I'm I'm very excited to, to be doing this. Um, I got my start in real estate uh, the same way a lot of people do, and and buying my first home, uh, which was in Washington D.C. at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and we we were looking for a long time at uh, condos like a lot of people do there, and then uh, our agent at the time, who's still a good friend of mine, uh, suggested that we look at a duplex, uh, and that mm-hmm. was a new concept to us, and we started running numbers and and got fascinated by this idea of. Wow. Uh, investment that produces income for us.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where
1: the passion started, as a, a cute little duplex in Columbia Heights.
0: Uh, wow. With- what year was this, by the way?
1: This was 2008.
2: 2008. Uh, wow.
1: Right. Interesting time to be purchasing. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's, it's worked out for us. Uh, we still own the property. Okay. Uh, it's cash flowing uh, every month. Uh, and that's what ignited my passion. Um, since S- then, it took my next purchase in 2014 uh, mm-hmm. here in Oakland uh, that got me
0: onto the sales side. Oh, and, wow. And yeah. what were you, what were you doing before you were, you were a real estate agent?
1: Yeah, I was a, a web developer. So I, I came from tech.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: I was working for a nonprofit um, doing web development. Okay. So, uh, no passion there. But
0: <laughs> 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 About how long were you working as a web, web developer before you realized that real estate was your real passion? Uh, it must have been... About eight years. Eight years. Eight or wow. nine?
2: Yes,
1: yes. Okay. So it was. It was only five years ago that that uh, I decided to make it a a career for me. Mm-hmm. In a business and real estate. Okay. Um, so our investment career started about eleven years ago. It was mm-hmm. five years ago in twenty fourteen. Um, we had a terrible purchasing experience here in Oakland. Oh wow! Uh, and and it basically taught me like. I can do this and I don't have to be salesy about it mm-hmm. uh, and I can provide great service and get people into great homes uh, at a value, at value, at good value.
0: Okay. Wow. That's, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, that's, that's a pretty unique story because I feel like most people come real estate agents first and then become real estate investors, but you, you actually went the opposite route. You went real estate investor first and real estate agent Right. So, you, have you feel like this has helped you develop the correct mindset to help certain group of people, like first time buyers,
1: investors? Right. Well, I mean, for me, it, coming not from a sales career, I feel mm-hmm. like has been mostly a benefit. There's some challenges there too, because mm-hmm. I'm not naturally selling people homes mm-hmm. uh, and trying to close a deal. Uh, so, what it has allowed me to do is see the, the investment side perspective first.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. so
1: when I'm working with um, people that are doing the house hacking thing, that living in a duplex and renting half of it out, mm-hmm. um, I, I can come from a very uh, uh, logical, numbers based uh, consult—that's
2: consult,
1: mm-hmm. a word—approach. Uh, uh, and because I've I've also done it uh, four times now, the,
2: the mm-hmm. house hacking
1: thing. So wow,
0: I that's really that It's really cool. Are you guys still ha- Are you
1: still house hacking right now in the Bay Area? Yes, we live in a duplex and are renting Mm -hmm. out our lower units.
0: very, very nice. And can you explain house hacking to our listeners that don't know what it is? Sure. In short, it's uh, purchasing
1: a multi-unit property or potentially a single family uh, and renting out portions of it while at the same time owner occupying it. Uh, So house hacking is a much abbreviated way to say Mm -hmm.
0: That's really cool. And I'm, we're going to keep diving into this. Like, Are you purchasing, purchasing the house hacking property with 20% down, FHJ or 5% conventional down? And how are you structuring your house
2: hacking?
1: We have done all those things. Uh, so our first house hack was, um, uh, trying to remember the numbers, uh, 5% down. Uh, that okay. was back when layered financing was fairly common.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: First loan and a 15% second loan. Oh, wow. Um, our second house hack was with an FHA loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, our third was uh, a conventional Fannie Mae loan. And our fourth mm-hmm. was a conventional Freddie Mac loan. So Very done
2: nice.
0: <laughs> and for our listeners, an FHJ loan basically means you put 3% down in property and you have to be owner occupied. And the only restriction about FHJ is that you you can only have one of them at a time. So use them wisely. <laughs>
1: That's right. Use that wisely, yes. Uh, And they will, they look into owner occupancy rules a little bit more strictly than
2: uh, Mm -hmm. conventional.
1: Um, Otherwise, the process is fairly similar. It's actually much more flexible on the debt to income ratio stuff, which means Mm -hmm. buyers can typically afford more house with FHA than they could with conventional. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the drawbacks are you have really high private, or not private, public mortgage insurance Mm -hmm. premiums that go with every payment.
2: Wow,
0: that's really cool. And I know like most of our listeners are from the Bay Area, and obviously they have a question about FHA. I think one of the questions they'll ask is, is there ever an income restriction? What if you, like, a lot of software engineers here make too much money or doctors here make too much money? Is there a FHA restriction for salaries?
1: No, I, I've never heard of such a thing. I've worked with people that make a good living that still purchase mm-hmm. uh, a good Bay Area living, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is a different standard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and still purchase with FHA.
0: Okay. That's really good to know. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. So Joe, so as we dive through your real estate career, first you started with real estate investments and you started to become a real estate agent. Uh, what was, I mean, how, how, do, how do you help people buy their houses? What kind of, how do you dive into their mindset and what they're looking for and find the perfect house
2: for them?
1: Right. Yeah, I, I start with a needs assessment, and a really, um, I, I like to think a very thorough one uh, that helps pull out the nuances of what uh, homebuyers are actually searching for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I guess the best example of that is someone can throw out that they want a three-bed, two-bath with a yard, and yada, 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 mm-hmm. uh, yet when you start to, to dig into well, why is that important to you, mm-hmm. uh, you may learn that. Uh, different situations, different setups might work. Like okay. that person that I just described might be using one of the bedrooms for occasional guests. Mm-hmm. So then maybe a two-bed with a separate in-law could be a viable option. Wow. Use then to Airbnb and build wealth and mm-hmm. income uh, while it's not being used for their personal guests.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so I like to figure out like what's what they're actually looking for, why they're looking for that, mm-hmm. uh, and help cater the process
0: to that. Okay. Do you ever, you ever come to the realization that some of the buyers are not even sure what they want to buy? And oh, I would say most often that's the case. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, my favorite is the, um, I, I've had two of these in the recent past that are all in on this house hacking idea. And wow. they actually find me uh,
2: because mm-hmm. of that.
1: Uh, and we look at duplexes, and we wrote a few offers in both of these cases. And then both of them ended up buying penthouse condos. Wow. <laughs> in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> so like a very like, oh, it turns out this is what we want. We don't yeah. want, to tenants. We want to live on top mm-hmm. of the building and that'll point. Uh, beautiful views and all that.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's great.
0: I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you helped them un- uncover what they really wanted in life. Because I feel like. A lot of people mention like, oh yeah, like house hacking is good to lower my mortgage, good to make some passive income. But I feel like a lot of people are unaware of the challenges involved. Right. You know, like, can you go through some of the challenges in your own personal experience about house hacking? Sure. And we have some unique ones to
1: Oakland as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the biggest one to keep in mind is the rent control and just cause eviction laws wow. that really place limitations on a property owner's rights. Uh, mm-hmm. in Oakland. And some of the surrounding areas have similar laws as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so for simplicity's sake, we can talk about Oakland. Um, so that's number one. Like, You may not have the flexibility to raise rents as much as you want. Uh, you may not have the flexibility to get rid of a tenant that you don't like without mm-hmm. say, a just cause.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so those are two of the big local challenges. Um, other things that come up is just the, the um, reality of living with other people in property mm-hmm. that you own. <laughs> they may not treat it the same way that you treat it. And mm-hmm. uh, their tolerances for, uh, for noise and uh, who gets to use the backyard and everything might yeah. be different than what your expectations are.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so one thing that helps there is just having clear expectations
0: and uh, ideally, written guidelines with whoever you're actually going to live. Okay, with. that's a really good tip. Have written guidelines, and I know like most people mentioned. Ha- I mean, like for bigger pockets, at least when they mention like buy a single single family house, you house hack it, you rent out other rooms. Mm-hmm. It seems like you are doing a very dip- different style of house hacking, where you're buying a duplex, living on one side, renting on the other side. Have you ever house hacked? Where you shared the same single family house with someone else before? Yes, sort of. <laughs> Okay. Uh, our second purchase was a um,
1: townhome style uh, single family with a illegal in law. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so, like, little short ceilings. Uh, I mean, it was comfortable. Short people lived down there, so it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm you can't tell, but I'm short as well. Um, You're fine, so, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was it was connected via an internal staircase. Uh, while we lived there, which was actually only. Three months. Four mm. months. Um We had a, a friend of ours that was living in that lower. And where was this? That Washington was, D.C. Yeah, this okay. was actually on the same block as our first home in Washington D.C. <laughs> kind of an interesting buying situation. Um, but uh, yeah, so we did. We shared space sometimes. I would say she did have her own entrance, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. say like a true single family with someone living in a room sort of setup.
0: Okay. Wow. I mean, I think that's one thing that most people don't consider as well. It's like when they live in a house hack situation, especially when they're married with kids. There's always a invasion of privacy that most people are not used to. Right. Yeah, or they're not really aware of too. So that's good to know. So, do your homework, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So let's let's keep walking through. Um, you know your your real estate careers so and now. You know, you, you, you invest into duplex house hacking, you became a real estate agent. Like what was your mindset going through each progression? Cause I know that everyone goes through life at different stages. Like okay. I want to know, like, what was your mindset going through your different stas- stages? Considering the fact that you do come from like a web development background, you know?
1: Well, um, <laughs> getting into real estate was a bit of a leap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yes, I yeah, I understood it from a numbers perspective, uh, and the the continued value in a real estate asset and ongoing appreciation and all those benefits, taxes and whatnot. Um, but getting into it on the sales side was a completely new, different thing for me. Uh, mm-hmm. That was that was a bit scary. Uh, the The knowledge was easy to come by, but mm-hmm. the skills and the whole like, where does my business actually come from? Mm-hmm. Uh, part, I just didn't know. Um, so, I mean, my wife and I treated it uh, like a, um, uh, well, we were just trying it out, really. Uh, I wasn't sure mm-hmm. that it was going to be a, a viable uh, career option when I first started. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it turned out that I kind of have a knack for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Um, did you do any sort of preparation to kind of train yourself for the sales side? Uh the short answer is
1: not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I a lot of it was learning the stuff that I didn't know, so filling in my knowledge gaps.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it, I mean, the biggest skill that I was that I was missing, and I, I don't feel like it's something that you can read in a book, is like how to actually talk to people about buying real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was just me jumping in and doing it. Uh, so my, my real estate career, like right after I got licensed, uh, it mm-hmm. all kicked with an open house, or uh, sorry, an, an old listing, old beat up listing, uh, like mm-hmm. four doors from where I lived. <sighs> it was listed uh, in a different brokerage um, and uh, it was not advertised much at all. So I called wow. the, the listing agent, like, hey, can I hold this house open? I'll put signs mm-hmm. out. Get some traffic and this
0: is still Washington DC or
1: is it open out? now? We're in Oakland now. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. I, was, I was living in Bella Vista at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, yeah, east of the lake um, so yeah I would I would held that house open I think a dozen times over the next like eight weeks or so mm-hmm. uh, And that's tons of people and got lots of practice talking about uh, this whole idea of owning a multi-unit mm-hmm. it was a um, the the idea of house hacking and if that could work uh, and ended up meeting my first nine yeah my first nine closings were wow. that House.
0: Whoa! That's that's a really good that's a really good deal.
1: <laughs> and none of them bought that house, though. <laughs> uh,
0: did, did you buy the house, Joe?
1: <laughs> I'm actually good friends with the woman that bought that house. <laughs> and it'll be for sale soon.
0: <laughs> nice. Oh wow! That's that's really cool. I mean, the whole point of this, I mean, the whole moral of the story is: got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Yes. Then you hone and growing your
1: skills. Right. And I would say, to take that a step further, uncomfortable situations that are still within your 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 passion zone. Yeah. For example, for me, door knocking is not anywhere near mm-hmm. my passion zone.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so I can put it on my schedule and I might even knock a few doors. Yeah. it's not something that's that, at least in my current mind space, uh, mm-hmm. I will do consistently. And I know that yeah whereas holding open houses and having one-on-one real conversations with people that walk in and say i'm kind of interested in this house Mm -hmm. that i that that i can do
0: that's that's good i mean it's good that you uh, identify your strengths and weaknesses right off the bat. right and uh, figure out what you want to do in your real estate career that's really good yeah well i mean it still fascinates me that you know you came from a like a software programming background to go into real estate you know like I think a lot of people are facing the same situation where they're kind of feeling unhappy about their job and where they want to head in life. Right. Um, what was your, I mean, obviously you, you invest into your, your property, but what was that turning point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to do a complete 180 career, uh, career change into complete real estate. Right. I'm pretty sure you went through a lot of personal development and mindset changes. Like, can you can you just walk us through your mindset at that time and what you were thinking? Uh, let's see if I
1: can remember what my mindset was like. Um, we had just moved to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was spring of 2014, um, and at that time, I was my income stream was from uh, doing contract work in web development. Oh, okay, uh, on a cool projects yet everything surrounding the project was painful <laughs> it really pushed me to to think about something new and yeah home at that time and as i mentioned that process was uh very hard and terrible mm-hmm. uh, and uh that's that's what really kicked off the well maybe i can do it in real estate i'm ready for something new maybe this is it um, and add that to the fact that there are basically no no ceiling to what a real estate career can look like mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, income or uh, really, I mean, things like time worked or whatever. Uh, you can really build a business that suits your needs uh, mm-hmm. at, at any level.
0: Wow. I really like that. That's really cool. Cool. Hey, Joe, Um do you have any motivation techniques or affirmation that you practice in your morning rituals, like keep yourself motivated and clear minded and unstressed? Uh, not consistently.
1: <laughs> when I do, uh, like I, I, uh, I do a miracle morning routine. uh I have, and I have done it for large chunks of time and I know mm-hmm. the positive impact it has on me uh, mm-hmm. and others that do it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, So I know that that's best for me. Uh, We have two young kids and they like to destroy my morning routine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yet in a perfect world, I'm getting up long before them and having some quiet time to myself, some reflective Mm -hmm. time to journal, uh, some time to read, um, Mm -hmm. and uh, some time to exercise um, and take care of me and myself. Okay. No, not consistently
0: consistently. It's okay. For people who don't know what the Miracle Morning is, it's um, I forgot who the author was, but it was written. It's this book on creating like a morning routine um, that kind of just energizes and, and puts yourself in a good mindset as you wake up each and every morning. I uh, highly recommend that book as well. I love it. It's really they, good. They
1: did a special version just for real estate agents.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A bit more real and dumbed down, frankly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hey, Joe, as you were starting out your real estate career, did you have any mentors that helped you along the way? Did you go to any meetups? Like, how did you situate yourself in a winning position? Right.
1: Well, that's a a big reason I ended up at Keller Williams as my Mm -hmm. brokerage, uh, is our first agent back in Washington, D.C., Went. eventually he ended up working for Keller Williams or at Mm -hmm. Keller Williams. Uh, and when I told him that I was thinking about this transition to real estate, uh, he talked me through why Keller Williams might be a good fit for me to get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the you know the, the biggest reason there is the training. Mm-hmm. Um, they really do have great hands-on training for new agents to teach them all the things that the the real estate classes don't teach you, mm-hmm. like how to actually generate leads from an open house, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and protect yourself and through seller disclosures and the whole gamut. Uh, yeah. So that the big part, uh, the, the same agents in Washington, DC, his name's Tim Pearson. If anyone's looking to invest out there, um, mm-hmm. he, uh, he, he also acts as a mentor as well. So I, I still talk to him on occasion and and we talk uh, really high level, big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, nowadays on the, the ground here, I I've hired a, a real estate coach uh, to help me. Wow. Um, and then I've, I've got, uh, uh, my leadership support here in the office as well. We do some. That's,
0: that's really great. I mean, it sounds like you have a, a good support system going on. Oh, yeah, That's, that's really, really cool. Um, I guess some, I guess to be caught on to the subject of house hacking, which is sort of unintentional. I think, um, I think a lot of our listeners are probably very interested on it. And I know that you have hosted house hacking meetup seminars in the Bay Area. That's right. Um, can you kind of walk us through some of the numbers that we could expect with uh, house hacking? You might, You don't mind sharing from your own personal experience so our sure. listeners kind of understand the process.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it it varies a lot based on what you're trying to do, and you know if you're renting out all the rooms versus just one. Uh, one of the examples that I go through because it's the most tangible uh, mm-hmm. is a typical North Oakland buyer. Let's say. Mm-hmm which has a housing allowance of something like 6000 to $7,000 um, for that. And that's for everything, uh, mm-hmm. mortgage, insurance and property taxes. Um, so taking them in the single family vein, they can afford something like $1.1 $1. 1 or so, mm-hmm. which in some neighborhoods up here, that's a two bed, one bath. Probably you can stretch it a little bit. Sounds very exciting. (laughs) I mean, depending on on what you need for schools and all that sort of stuff. Um, So yeah, you end up with a a small ish house. Mm -hmm. Uh, Take that same monthly payments and apply it to a duplex. uh, And suddenly, because you can add the rental income to it, uh, suddenly your, your world expands Um, or you can pay less, which is usually what most people end up doing. So Mm -hmm. I mean, one example is the actually one of the North Oakland buyers that I use in the class um, ended up with a uh, ended up with a duplex in the Santa Fe neighborhood in North mm-hmm. Oakland um, at a purchase price of I think it was one point three two five. Wow! So just those numbers that stretches their budget
2: um, mm-hmm. really far. Yeah. Uh,
1: yet when you apply the thirty two hundred dollars a month they get in rents for the unit that they're not occupying.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So
1: really good. Their out-of-pocket expenses is something like uh, 30, 3500 I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, which is way less than they were expecting to pay on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And then to add on to that, uh, they're earning appreciation off of a $1.35 million asset instead mm-hmm. of a $1 million asset.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it appreciates 10% they're getting 10% on 1.35 instead of 10% of 1.1.
0: which well, is <laughs> That's one of the benefits of house hacking, right? right. The rinse and repeat the cycle where you right. perhaps take advantage of low interest rates right now, refi, take the money out, do it again? Absolutely. Okay. Have you ever personally experienced any limitations with house hacking?
1: Limitations, um, in what sense?
0: Uh, in terms of let's, let's say you, you kind of expect to rent it out for this much and you don't hit the mark, or now you're outside your pocket more than what you expected or wanted, and then puts you in know, an uncomfortable zone.
1: Right. Uh, so it, I mean, what I found is if the if research is done up front and you do your due diligence, mm-hmm. uh, you'll typically be in pretty good shape because you have okay. real expectations of what rents are and what utilities are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing that surprises people, um, well, not my buyers, because we educate them, <laughs> uh, but in talking with people in the market, the biggest thing that surprises people is property taxes and mm-hmm. utility expenses. Oh, and wow. house uh, like property taxes on a million dollar property, uh, that's a fairly easy calculation. It's somewhere, depending on the area, uh, around $14,000 a year. Holy moly. So you need to be ready for that, whatever that is, $1,100 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and and factor that into mm-hmm. uh, your calculations for is this the right deal for me.
2: Wow. Uh, and the same
1: with utilities. It's, they're kind of expensive here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's no way around that.
0: <laughs> wow, that's that's really, really good information for our listeners to know. Because I think a lot of people forget about insurance, utilities, and property tax Oh look, my mortgage is only two thousand a month. I can afford that. You know, man, you're forgetting like about the property tax, insurance, utilities, and things that can go wrong. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So we I've developed a, a
1: big old spreadsheet so that people can get a real sense of the total <laughs> uh, cash flow situation after they
0: purchase a property. Oh yeah. For, for a house hack scenario. That's that's a really good idea. Okay. Hey Joe, what are your goals for next year, next five years, ten years? What do you see yourself? What do you want? What do you want to do?
1: Sure, Uh, those are that's two very different worlds uh, Mm -hmm. in in forecasting. Um, So next year, continue to build my little team here.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, We're a pretty tight knit group of three at the moment, Uh, and i i don't I don't see us getting too much bigger because I like the culture that we have as a Mm -hmm. as a team. Um, so adding, uh, adding, uh, an additional agent or two over the next year, mm-hmm. uh, and boosting our unit counts to, uh, 40 or 50 next year. Oh, wow. I haven't done my, um, my year end planning for next year, but I suspect mm-hmm. that we'll be looking at about 50 units next year. Whoa. That's amazing, man. Congratulations. Yeah, pretty exciting. And, and then mashing that with, um, everything else that I'm looking to do, I'm, I'm in the I'm opening a, a Keller Williams business center in Castro Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, also recruiting agents down there.
2: I'm
1: uh, mm-hmm. the building out a space and uh, that's been occupying a, a good amount of time and mind share um, mm-hmm. But all this is setting up for a, a five-year plan of, uh, you know, having robust businesses that, mm-hmm. are, pretty, that are profitable
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: that I don't have to actively work in. Uh, so mm-hmm. I can, on the business instead of in the business. It's true. High level visionary stuff instead of
0: uh, showing property. Okay, that's, that's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I guess before I forget, I mean, this was a train of thought that I had before and it sort of disconnected a little bit and forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you first go to house hacking, what are your top three or four criteria That you vet for before you consider the house or duplex or multifamily for house hacking.
1: Sure, for for me personally, uh, I mean our criteria has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, In our first house hack, you know, we were a young couple with no kids, Mm -hmm. uh, which means we can live in English basements and be comfortable. Uh, Mm -hmm. We don't yard space. We didn't have a dog at that time.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, things
1: have changed uh, now we have two kids um, and a dog <laughs> <laughs> so so space is important uh oh my mother-in-law lives with us as well um so our criteria mm-hmm. right now is we need we need some rooms uh so in our case it's a four bedroom pretty much mm-hmm. minimum with some space in the back uh, or a three bed with an in-law sort of thing mm-hmm. and then the other piece is uh on the cash flow side uh you know we're our next purchase will, we go back and forth on this. It may be a house hack again.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: if it is, uh, what I want to see is we, it, if we move in and rent out our current space that we live in, mm-hmm. uh, I want our cash flow situation to change um, fairly neutrally. Mm-hmm. Uh, that our that our monthly out-of-pocket doesn't change when we move from where we are to where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, or it gets better and if if you're able to do that from in moving from one house hack to another then it's a reproducible model that you can do every two mm-hmm. years however often you want uh and every time you move out it's going to cash flow the previous one's going to mm-hmm. cash flow uh and you're building tremendous wealth in the in the meantime
0: especially in the very expensive market in, like the bay area right
1: with, with high appreciation
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah the challenge here though is is cash flow mm-hmm. uh, Investments are not cash flowing without a significant down payment. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest hurdle I have with uh, with first time investors is wrapping their head around uh, monthly loss. Yeah, and banking on appreciation, which mm-hmm. is you know there's there's risks there.
0: So Definitely. I guess before we continue, you want to give your wife a lot of props because it takes a very special partner to be able to want to move this much in a short amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i know you know there's always so most people want to house hack and replicate the same model but you also have to have a significant other or a partner that also has the same mindset as you to be on board for you to you know be able to accomplish your dreams right right it so props out yeah. to uh, you and your wife absolutely yeah
1: and i frankly it's it's her that got us into this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on that first house and and pulled us in and yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's been a crazy fun ride since
0: yeah I'm, I'm glad you you enjoy that hey uh joe if you were to redo your entire real estate career what would you have done differently uh go in with more confidence,
2: with confidence. number
1: one mm-hmm. uh, and second is really focusing on On what matters Mm in real estate, which uh, I mean, real estate agents' five primary jobs are: know what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. uh, to um, go on appointments, Mm -hmm. to generate for those appointments, Mm -hmm. follow up, and to negotiate contracts. Oh wow! So, folk, I would have spent more energy focusing on those five things sure my flyer is most beautiful and working on my website because uh, that stuff is, first of all, it can be leveraged out so someone else can do it. Mm-hmm. And starting out, that's hard. Uh, but what I would have done differently is just not done it. Um, not done, I, like website, use the free one that Keller Williams gives me. Flyer, mm-hmm. do the whatever, the Keller Williams provides templates. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Get out there and actually get in front of people. Exactly. And start building a business. Yeah, and that would give you get would have given me more revenue
2: to mm-hmm.
1: hire someone sooner to
0: work on all that other stuff that was important to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, logo and- so you're definitely developing that business mindset where you outsource things you don't want to do that right. won't use the best ROI and save your your mental space for things that would grow your business. That's right. Yeah, I like that a lot.
1: It took me many years to get there. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone new out there, uh, that's, get in that mindset now. Mm-hmm. You're building a business.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good to hear because most people I talk to you on my podcast always mention that they wish they got started earlier. Actually, a lot of them mention that they wish they got started earlier. But for, right. you, <laughs> but for you, you're like, okay, I want I want you guys to start out with a business mindset first. So that's, that's really unique. So I like that a lot. Yeah, better late than never. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Joe, as we're approaching the end of our podcast. I want to ask you a few more questions. What is your favorite book? Sure. Uh, I'll go
1: with never split the difference.
0: Never split the difference. okay I
1: want to say Chris Boss is the author FBI negotiator. Mm-hmm. He really uh, he taught me a different perspective to how to negotiate mm-hmm. and it's great value for my buyers and more money for my sellers.
0: Yeah. I also read the book as well, so highly recommend the book That's, he makes he's very he always puts himself in a very tough situation, negotiating negotiating with, with hostile situations around the world, dealing with different cultures and always making sure he comes out the best and learns from it.
1: Right. And it turns out all that hostage negotiating is perfectly applicable
0: to <laughs> uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Okay. Maybe
1: not life and death, though. But it's the same <laughs> negotiating principles.
0: Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> hey, Joe. How can we find out more about you? Uh, I've got a website uh, that's mm-hmm. my my wife has really
1: helped a lot with, so I, I thank her for that. It's dickersonrealty.com uh, I do my best to blog weekly uh, mm-hmm. on actual relevant topics. Um, I think my latest one is what are contingencies and why are they important uh, mm. to, to help give buyers uh, and I have some for sellers as well, like mm-hmm. real insight into the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to provide education and value that way. Okay. So, yeah.
0: I'll make sure that we include that in our show notes and I want to personally check it out myself. Thank you. Hey Joe, appreciate your time in the show. Thank you for sharing your knowledge on your career, your mindset, and especially house hacking.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot awesome.
0: of fun. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. How's that? How's that,
2: Joe? Seemed okay. How'd I do? Pretty good. Okay, that's my first one.